Hi, I'm Jennifer Wilde, and you're listening to Sober Exposure. If it's about recovery, we're going to cover it. It's like one big therapy session, but it's free. So thanks for joining our dysfunctional family as we uncover recovery with Sober Exposure. Let's go. Sober Exposure. I'm Jennifer Wild. Welcome. We are uh, getting into season two here. This is our second season and already we've kicked it off with a bang and I'm really excited about this guest too. Um, I've, I've invited Ryan Phillips to come on the show. Ryan has an incredible story. Like your story, what was it? I just saw something last night that you sent me on YouTube basically um what is that are you doing some it's, it's it almost looked like a movie trailer so let's welcome ryan phillips first hello hi i'm ryan phillips and very grateful to be on sober exposure with jennifer good morning good, <laughs> good morning. morning to the world yes good afternoon yeah. good night whatever whenever you're listening to this but yeah this is what i love about podcasting is you never know when they're listening this could be like 2045 and someone could be listening to this could so. be you never know. I don't yeah. even know what day it is these days. Sometimes <laughs> it's like uh, one day molds into the next day, but uh, you know we get through it the best we can. And uh, I know, uh, you know, having a drink and and using would definitely. Uh, I wouldn't be talking to you today. So um, yeah, we we talked before about uh, you know my story and whatnot. It was uh, you know featured on uh, National Geographic in uh, two thousand and twenty after I rode my bike across Canada and four other countries uh, for mental health awareness. And um, yeah, so, you know, grew up in uh, North Vancouver, BC, uh, playing hockey. You know, that was my dream growing up is to be the best hockey player in the world, you know, like many Canadian kids. And, uh, you know, I've said it before, the dream kind of turned into a bit of a nightmare, you know, leaving home, I was very young, just turned 16. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of hazing and that whole culture is, you know, uh, looks really glamorous on the outside. Um, what do you mean in, in the hockey world hazing? In, oh God. Yeah. It's, yeah I guess so. You guys beat the shit out of each other and play off. You could see how I, how, how, like I used to date a Flyers fan, a Philadelphia Flyers fan. I was in love with this guy. And I mean, it takes my sex addiction to get me into like, sport, <laughs> you know, like I'm the rock and roll girl sports and, you know, but I did, I did enjoy playoff hockey, just watching everyone beat the shit out of each other. It was so boring the entire season, watching that puck flying around. No offense. I know what you do is so hard, but um, yeah, that was, that, that's fun watching that. So I can imagine now the hazing. Hello. Um, well, the hazing was off the ice that, you know, like they, all the initiations and whatnot. So, right. You know, uh, first year player, it's, uh, you know, got sex, drugs and rock and roll. That's what that lifestyle is. You know, it's uh, you're you're throwing at, you know, a young age here in a in a small community, you know, in the junior ranks. And so it's like your local celebrity, you know, playing in front of, you know, five to 10, 15,000 fans at, at a time. And, uh, you know, young kid, uh, uh, humble beginnings. Next thing you know, you got this hockey ego that kind of goes along with the lifestyle, you know, trying to fit in with the older guys. And, yeah. you know, um, yeah, before I left home, I, you know, I really wasn't a, a big drinker at all. You know, I just, it wasn't in my wheelhouse. I was very, very focused on, you know, playing in the national hockey league and I was going to do whatever it took to get there. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, 
injuries, adversities along the way. And, you know, I, I, I found, out, uh, found out pretty young that uh, alcohol wasn't a good friend of mine. And, uh, you know, just start perpetuating forward. And, you know, I just kind of developed that uh, a kind of bit of an, a reputation of a party guy and lost my focus. And, you know, I eventually I turned pro at 20, uh, went down to the States, you know, I played in uh, Wichita, Kansas, uh, Topeka, Kansas. I played in uh, Texas for a couple of years. And uh, yeah, 24. I decided because uh, there was a, a lucrative business going on in my province of British Columbia called the BC Bud Boom. It was very profitable, and uh, you know, oh, the BC of, Bud Boom does that have to do with marijuana? Yeah, marijuana. So, <laughs> I would imagine so. <laughs> yeah, so of course. So, and you know, at the time, it you know, in the United States, when it wasn't legal uh, here, it was very accepted. And mm -hmm. it just so happened that, um, you know, I had a lot of connections uh, from playing hockey in the States and uh, here in Canada and whatnot. And my creative mind, so to speak, uh, uh, you know, came up with a lot of different trade routes. And so you, know, you left professional hockey to sell weed. I did. Yeah, <laughs> I, I actually was I, I was, I, I was doing it at the same time, believe it or not. I started <laughs> at, at my first border run was when I was 19 and uh you know I was uh it started off with uh you know one pound turned into 10 turned into 15 turned into 100 and you know at one point we were doing you know god a thousand a week sometimes then it just I mean one year we did over a hundred uh hundred million dollars worth of uh business cash business mm -hmm. coming back you know into you know from the states into Canada and, you know, I, I paid the ultimate price, went to prison at 24 and uh, got out, uh, didn't become a good boy right away. Uh, but my, I'll tell you, my mind was very clear when I was in prison. I got clean and sober in prison. Um, but then when I got out, uh, you know, the whole lifestyle, especially when you're making that kind of money, um, it just, it was crazy, crazy okay. insanity, traveled the world and did all that kind of stuff. But you know, the ramifications with that, it's not just prison, it's, you know, it's just, a, it's, it's just like sports and whatnot, just like, it's just so fast lane and crazy. And it got the best of me, um, yeah. you know, in all aspects, you know, I'm lucky to be alive, threats on my life, um, you know, gangs and that whole nine yards, everything, anything that you that you possibly imagine that as insanity was my life. And Let me ask you this question, because yeah. this is almost like uh, scared straight. You know what I'm saying? Can you or paint blow, me a picture? <laughs> blow Goodfellas and Casino mixed into one. But I was just a young punk with spare cash. Yeah, I right. But I mean, I want to I want to hear about the the prison horror stories, like everything that you see in the movies and everything. And I mean, you're a pretty boy. Let's face it. Does that shit really happen? Yeah. I mean, I'm does, not I'm but... not asking you, you know, to tell you. You, you know, you know what, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I, yeah, I'm very grateful that, uh, you know, I'm, I was able to, my, you know, my personality, I was, I got along with everybody and, mm. uh, yeah, I may be a, I might've maybe, or might've <laughs> a little prettier back then at 24, 25, but, uh, that stuff does go down. And, um, I was scared crapless out of my mind when I rolled in there. And, um, you know, you just have to adapt, like really like a chameleon, really just have to adapt into your environment. 
and you know um i minded my manners and told funny stories and i i had absolutely no issues myself but i did see a lot of really crazy stuff go down mm -hmm. in there and um you know it's just it's something i don't wish on anybody but uh you know it humbled me a lot but at the same time you know, I, you know, I took a lot of core values that I learned in prison because, you know, if you're, if you're not playing by, say, prison rules, then, you know, you're going to get stuck, so to so speak. So you actually learned some, you, you actually got a little bit rehabilitated in prison. Is that what you're, I you did. did? You got sober in prison. They, they, they have meet. I know they bring meetings in there. I used to bring meetings into a prison. Um, and when I brought the meetings in, I really got the impression that, the women just couldn't wait to go to the meetings just because it was just something to do. And they, you know, some of them afterwards were like, thank you so much. And it meant so much to me. And I really, you know, I feel like some of them were touched, but for the most part, they were like, yeah, just something to do, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, well, uh, you know, I was, I definitely manifested everything I wanted, uh, you know, while I was in there, I was uh, pretty pissed off and angry at the United States of America. Uh, told that I was never going to be allowed back into the States again. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that just crippled me because I had a young daughter that was, uh, you know, she was, uh, she was one when I, when I went in, in year 2000. Um, so hearing that I wasn't going to be able to go back to the United States where I played hockey and all my friends were, and, you know, I, I, I planned on actually spending, you know, basically the rest of my life in the States, you know, even though I was back and forth, you know, doing the business with the whole marijuana thing um you know this, the united states really always held like a really close part of my heart especially yeah. with my daughter down there yeah. and um you know i got out and i had more connections literally like going to jail was like you know uh getting a, an education on how to be a better criminal yeah and that's what i say when like uh, i've been in rehab so many times it was like okay so i learned how to shoot dope in rehab like, no, yeah. no, no, you, this is how you do it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was never a violent guy. I've never shot a gun before in my life. Um, I was always, you know, the connector kind of dude. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I built uh, a very lucrative uh, business uh, after I got out. I, I kept doing it. And uh, it just got to the point where it got so big. You know, I, I was at the at top of the food chain in that business, um, you know, just, you know, helicopters, planes and boats. I mean, you name it. There was every transportation route possible, tr uh, tr hiking, bushwhack trails with walkie talkies and you name it. Um, I got very creative, so to speak. And, you know, it brought in, you know, huge, huge sums of money, made a lot of young people uh millionaires uh, <laughs> oh wow i have yeah. zero zilch of that money left no no marijuana money is in my bank <laughs> at all and anything anytime i've ever like you know even thought about doing something illegal it's just it, it makes me feel sick to my stomach yeah. so um you know i made a, a change in uh, 2008 around 2009 there was a big gang war going on in canada and um, you know, you know there's a netflix film i think it takes place in canada though like i think earlier maybe the uh do you know the 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 series i'm talking about where they talk about the drug cartel and all that oh, in canada <laughs> not narco no no not that one no oh, the it's, cannabis it's like, kid ugh, where's my producer it's it's literally like um it's so cool 
because it tells all about the drug wars in Canada. And yeah. it's sort of like um, a kind of like a Goodfellas type of thing. But well, I, that's the thing is people think that it's uh, worse down in the States with the mafia and all that. But here in Canada, it's I'm telling you, it's 10 times worse. I mean, you get yourself in deep. You're in way too deep. And uh, it's, uh, it's 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 extremely dangerous. And, yeah. you know, I was it was like playing Russian roulette every day, just waking up. I was driving out of my re rear view mirror. Uh, more than the front view, that's for sure. And, you know, I was affiliated with a lot of, you know, pretty serious people and, you know, thought I was untouchable, okay. but nobody's yeah. untouchable. And it just got to the point where, you know, I was just sick of living in fear. And it would have been, I guess, just over 15 years ago, 15, 16 years ago. It's, uh, I don't know, I'm just, it's a little early in the morning here. So I'm just trying to put that, put my right, mind right, right. In, in, yeah. into, into compartmentalize everything here. But, uh, you know, I was on, went on a big bender and, you know, I just, I'd had it. I'd really had it. It was, you know, the. So what was your type of bender? Because you talked a lot. I mean, you obviously um, <laughs> were in the business of distribution as far as um, marijuana goes, but. Were you a pothead? You talked a lot about alcohol, alcoholism. Did you smoke the weed? Drugs? I mean, I what? smoked a lot of weed back in the hockey days and, uh, you know, here and there, but I never really enjoyed pot that much. My, my go-to was uh, would start off with a few drinks and then a few drinks would lead into uh, a, a few or a few rails and, <laughs> uh, and then GHB, ecstasy, MDMA. I mean, that was all, all coming right. in from San Francisco. I mean, uh, it was just any hellbent for leather go 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 you know three four days party to party penthouse to mansion to next thing i know i'm in a plane i don't even rem remember boarding it i'm landing in some other country i mean it was just it was crazy i mean i'll tell you it was there was the best days and the worst days of my life you know i it, it, it all that money allowed me to travel the world and to experience beautiful cultures so when i got out of that business um, mm -hmm. you know, I dedicated my life to world service and, you know, I, I, I rode my bike, uh, across Cambodia in 2012. Uh, we were shooting a film over there about happiness and it just so happened an actress. What do you mean you were shooting a film? Explain. What do you mean? Yeah, was, I, I, I do. I want to talk about all the advocacy that you do because that's what caught my attention, you know, obviously. So, um, I like success stories. So shooting okay. a film, go ahead. Shooting well, a film. I, I actually, I started a thing called return to happiness and, um, you know, I wasn't happy. Uh, you know, I had all this money and everything exterior in my life that, that anyone could, you know, everything looked all great on the outside, but inside I was dying. And, um, you know, I got out of the game there and, um, I started going to my first meeting. I was, I would have been 27. And I remember they asked me to share and I was, I started telling my life story. <laughs> they were like, what? Like, you're supposed to be sharing about like your youth. I was like, oh, it's my, I, I have no, I had no idea about like, yeah. you know, it's like, I thought AA was like for like the homeless people on the street. I didn't realize that it was for people that have just people, you know, That's like the misconception that people think about. There was uh, a you total know, misconception. Yeah. That you have to be um, skid row. To, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, at that point, uh, it just kind of sparked something inside me of, you know, I'd say, you know, divine timings. And I, 
uh, was like, you know, I, I, I really want to just do more. It, it, you know, I started reading a lot of, uh, you know, Think and Grow Rich, a lot of spiritual books and whatnot, not just the AA book, but I was. You know, right. What's your favorite spiritual book? Which, which one impacted you the most? Book. I think Power Versus Force. Uh, Dr. David Hawkins would be right up okay. there. Uh, mm-hmm. Lots. I don't know. I'm kind of a book junkie. Um, Alan Watts. I'm a big Alan Watts fan. I like Wayne Dyer. Wayne, um, that's my boyfriend. Uh, Wayne, Bruce I love Lepton, Wayne Dyer. Um, God, the list goes on. <laughs> so you should check I out think- a guy named David G. David J. I. I always, I always talk about him. I mean, he should sponsor my friggin' show for God's sake. Yeah, we got to but- get on that. We yeah, that yeah, yeah. Do I get that, do I have to <laughs> help you with that? I'll reach out to him today. <laughs> yeah, do it, do it, do it. Uh, actually, I'm going on one of his retreats uh, in March, and so maybe, maybe we'll get him to come on. Because let me tell you, the dude is like awesome. He is the one that's responsible for keeping me off hard drugs. Really um, awesome with his meditation, uh, the way that he his approach to everything is really cool. So check him out, Tavy G. But anyway, so all right, book junkie. Another question I had, I know we're kind of like, this is the ADD episode. We're all over the road, but oh, that's we're all fine. Over the map. Yeah, yeah, yeah I used to have cool. a podcast called All Over the Map, too. And a travel show that was right about to get signed with MTV. But unfortunately, my co-host died of a, a, an overdose. Awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, he, he literally fell off the rails and went into the rails. And very unfortunate oh situation. God. But, um, you know. Yeah, I did not mean to make a life. joke about that. That is so sad. I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah, it's uh, it's been quite turbulent as of late. I, I've lost a, a lot of people in my life, especially in the last uh, month and a half due to addiction. And it just, you know, really life is so precious every moment. And, you know, just to even be here to talking to you, you know, I didn't sleep a whole lot last night, but you know what? Even though it's you're not sleeping, yeah. if you're not sleeping, you're still awake. <laughs> so. Right. You know, what are you going to do? It's, uh, you know, you just got to, you know, cherish each moment. And, you know, that's one of the things that I really, you know, with with getting sober, it's like, you know, I have absolutely no compulsion to have a sip of alcohol or do drugs today at all. Like I feel completely and totally recovered. See, you're lucky. Uh, I do. I still do. That's what sucks. Really? And and I'll I'll be vocal and I'll be outspoken about the fact that I have, I mean, the drinking, not so much, so much, because like the drinking for me, it's like, dude, I know if I have one drink, it's just, it's not even fun anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like the, I don't even get that, like in between the first and, and second drink, when you get that euphoria, I don't even get that. I just go right to like crazy, like, yeah, no, but I gotta tell you, I, I still like, cause I'm tired a lot and I, I, I struggle with fatigue. So you feel like, like having a bump here and there, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. living in Florida, it's pretty abundant. Mm, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing with me is I never had to pay for it because all the guys I was working with, they were all shipping it in. So <sighs> uh, it was, you know, <laughs> chipping it off the block. And next thing you know, it's like, I never had to pay for drugs. That was the thing. Yeah. So, well, neither did I. No, if you're just oh, listening, yeah. I'm holding my boobs. But I mean, anyway, if I, had those, <laughs> too, I mean, if I had those, I wouldn't have ever had to have a job. <laughs> uh, so all right so let's yeah. talk about the advocacy no it's true uh let, let's talk that's why i'm sitting here you know all day long doing no just i just live on my you know uh the rights of having my boobs to get me through life you know it's nice. done wonders i gotta tell you so <laughs> advocacy work yes this is one of the reasons why i do my podcast like i yeah. am not perfect my sobriety is not perfect 
I still, but you know what? We're all perfectly imperfect. That That's right. I, I yeah. embrace my imperfections. And the reason why I do this podcast, even when I'm in the middle of a struggle or when I relapsed or when things aren't going right, or when my sons are, whatever is because of advocacy, you know, yeah. we, we have to advocate and destigmatize addiction and mental illness because Absolutely. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care if they say there's no stigma attached. There still is stigma attached. And Massively. I know this because I was up for a big job that I was so excited about, you know, I'm an ex radio personality and um, somebody was going to give me a big opportunity to, to, to do another radio show in the morning in a big, huge market. And when they saw that I was the host of sober exposure, I mean, they couldn't legally say it, but it's still <laughs> stigmatized. I, you know, I don't, I don't want a friggin' recovering addict or someone that struggles with depression to be, you know, my, my morning show host. Yeah. And that's fucked up. That's super fucked up. Yeah. So I mean, if, if I, I diabetes, they would, yeah. If I diabetes, would I get the job? I mean, I, that that's going to take away from you. I, I have to go get my, I, I have to go take insulin shots. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, there should be absolutely no stigma whatsoever. Um, I know, you know, I've done a couple of TED talks in my life. Uh, the last one was after I crossed Canada and four other countries in 2019. Uh, all for mental health awareness. And, um, you know, I actually, I don't go on Facebook a whole lot, but I went on Facebook last night. I just had this feeling in my gut. I, you know, I kind of go on there once in a while, just kind of check out what some friends are up to. You know, I'm on Messenger. And yeah. I think I've downloaded that and uploaded often up and off that app i don't know how many times because it's just like the minute i go on it's just like da, 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 da. it's like yeah, yeah. it just takes up too much time in my day is too much of a distraction but um you know I, I made a post last night you know about mental health it's you know that there should be never be a stigma and i think people are actually starting to realize that these days especially you know the whole world's going through like a global trauma we're all facing our shadows right now in so, in, in so many aspects. And, you know, I mean, I, I heard sirens going on all night last yeah, night. Yeah, you were telling me that. Yeah, what you were like, everyone's going crazy here in Canada. Why? What's everybody, going on? You, you guys have you guys mushrooms. You shouldn't be. There. You should be. No, just <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's um, it's really tough these days. And it's the, it's the youth. It's the kids these days that are, you know, I mean, it's it's just mind boggling. Uh, you know, I, I talked to my psychiatrist um, a couple of days ago, and I, I think I'm more his psychiatrist than uh, <laughs> the roles have been reversed. And, you know, he's having a really tough time. He's getting what I mean, he there was, you know, I think he said 13 or 14 suicides before nine o'clock. And that was on Monday, last Monday. And what's going on? You know, it's just, uh, people are, it's the uh, all ages, you know, from the ages of, it's just, it's so complex. You know, these kids are having, they're really struggling because there's a lot of like lockdowns and shutdowns. Schools, you know, were supposed to open up two weeks ago, um, you know, and then they didn't open, then they reopen. It's just like, everything's just, so, there's, every day there's a new rule here almost. Yeah. And, you know, I've been having trouble sleeping. I went to the drugstore last night all the sleep aids are, are out, you know, and you know, I'm not going to, that's go how it rabbit. was like at the beginning of COVID with toilet paper, you can't get toilet paper. Now you can't get Tylenol PM. And yeah. 
it's, it's like, I, I just wanted some NyQuil, a little bit of Benadryl. And uh, yeah, I mean, I took a picture and I, I sent it to my buddy over in Texas. And he was like, are you kidding me? Like the shelves are bare. Like nobody is sleeping here for some reason. It's like people are, you know, the vibration of fear is you can really yeah. feel it. It's just rippling through the masses right now. And it's tough. So, you know, I, I do my best to, you know, get a couple meditations in a day. You know, I'm writing a new book right now and, um, you know, working on some other things as well. Some, some pretty uh, cool projects, you know, another film project. Um, but, you know, it's as far as advocacy goes, you know, I just I always just you know, I put it out there and the universe always just, you know, responds to, in accordance to the nature of my dominating thoughts. You know, it's like okay. the broadcasting and receiving station for the vibration. Right. So, yeah, the universe. Um, absolutely. You know, Let me ask you this question, because one of one of the big things that I always do is I look um, look at everyone in my life that is really financially secure and some that has serious um, material abundance. And being that you came from both worlds, you had, you had all that, even though it was kind of dirty money I mean, come on, let's call a spade a spade. I think it's it was all dirty, dirty money. isn't it? <laughs> well, it's all, yeah, no, it's all I dirty. I, 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 I saw I the best Curb Your Enthusiasm episode yesterday. It was an old one where someone hands Larry a 50 from his shoe and he, he wouldn't, nobody would take the 50 because it was so dirty. I'm like, if we only knew where our money is, you know, who's touched our money. But my question is, having everything, yeah, but using and not, you know, being on a spiritual path and then maybe not having so much as far as being able to go travel the world and buy a Rolex watch and all that, which is better. I gave all, honestly, you know, the truth, the inner, the inner wealth is better because you know what, you know, I believe that we all can create from the formless substance, you know, thoughts do become things. And, you know, I, I mean, if you, if you can see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. And, you know, like, you know, I, I, I'm very blessed, you know, it's whatever I, I, you know, I put out there, it always, you know, shows up. It's just, you know, it's, it's the power of belief. It's the biology of belief, literally, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, it's like cellular memory kind of thing. You know, it's, it's, you know, we have the ability to, you know, put ourselves into a vibration and, you know, matching that vibration, that frequency, it's, it's like, you know. Um, okay. So how do you change it? Well, let's say you're someone like me, that's a negative, angry, depressed fucking <laughs> bitch. Okay. And trying to change the energy, like, but it, what fake it till you make it. Like I had a bad mental health day yesterday. I did. Okay. I had a bad mental health day. I was in bed all frigging day and I slept all day. And I got up and I was like, what am I going to do? How, how the hell am I going to get out of this? And <laughs> I simply took a shower. Um, I did listen to a meditation, a guided meditation. I guess it helped. I guess Food. it helped. It changed uh, the frequency. Doc, Dr. Joe Dispenza? No, it wasn't. Yeah, I've heard. I like his stuff. But of course, I, it was David G for me. Cool. I'm team David G all the way. Right. He's the G man, right? I the G I love that dude, man. Cause you know why? He's so real. He like he's from New York. He worked um on Wall in, on Wall Street, this guy. Yeah. And um during 9-11, being working on Wall Street and all that, he was really, really affected. And he had this epiphany, and it's ba it basically was his change. 
And he did a um, seminar with Deepak Chopra and Deepak yeah. fell in love with him. Deepak's like, this dude is so smart. So he became his CFO doing all his business stuff for Deepak. And then Deepak, then David was such a good teacher that he started working with Deepak doing teachings. And now he's on his own. And um, I like him because he's an old hippie. When you read his books, he's quoting Lars Ulrich from Metallica in one of his books. You know what I mean? And yeah. you can tell that the dude, you know, in, in his day, smoked plenty of weed. You just by looking at him, you can tell. But he's friggin' brilliant. And he speaks in Sanskrit and he knows everything about um, just everything. You know, the the <laughs> the guy's awesome. So anyway, this so is- So he's I, super I down with specialized knowledge, eh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Yeah. So- um, because so we you like want to know talk- how to change your vibration, alchemizing your vibration pretty much, right? It, it's important. It is. And you know, another thing about the law of attraction that scares me, and I, I like Abraham Hicks a lot as well. Yeah, I've met Esther. She's wonderful. I, mean, actually, I, met, her in Ro- I, met, I met her in Rome. Uh, yeah, she actually she invited me to one of her events. Uh, 2016, I think it was. It was her first time over in Europe uh, to do an event. So there was 6,000 plus people packed uh, in a right near uh, the, the Pantheon there, it was really cool. And so actually I wrote a book, I gave her my book. Cause I, in my book, I actually said that I was, I hadn't met her yet. And I was like, I will meet Esther Hicks. Cause I'd, I'd been listening to her since I guess probably, God, I was listening to her like, I don't know, 20 years ago, something like that. Wow. And uh, yeah, I ended up meeting her and uh, she was a wonderful, wonderful lady. Um, you can definitely tell when she's tuned into source and when she's channeling and when she's kind of out of the vortex, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but she's, uh, yeah, it was, it was really cool meeting her. Um, but so you know, how do I manifest how, if I want to manifest, how, how do I do it? Right. Because the thing is, is here's what my therapist kind of screwed it up for me. She was like, well, you have to be very careful with manifestation because let's say you want to manifest, um, financial abundance. Yeah. But in your heart of hearts, see the universe, the universe knows all the universe is, is truth and honesty. So deep in my heart, my self-esteem is so low. And I'm thinking I'm never going to be worthy of it. I'm never going to be able to have a lot of money. I'm never going to be able to have love or And the universe picks up on that. So I got like scared off of manifestation because I'm afraid that it's going to go the opposite way. Does that make well, sense? Absolutely. You know, what? Well, the thing is, is we're blessed you when know, we're spiritual beings having a human experience, right? right. So we have these higher faculties and it's being able, you know, being able to tap into those higher faculties, you know, so it's like building the picture in your mind and what I use, what I do, and you know, this is how I got back down to the United States of America. So what I did is actually, okay, let's say, if you're just Bob- tuning in, he was banned from the U.S. for selling weed. <laughs> All right, there we go. Have you ever heard of a gentleman named Bob Proctor before? He was on that movie, The Secret. Of Bob course. Proctor. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, he forwarded my book. Um, I actually put said I was going to meet him too. And then I ended up at his house and showed him my manuscript. And he's like, this is great. And so I ended up forwarding my book, uh, the first one. Um, really? Anyways, um, so he taught me a lot. I don't even like that word, the law of attraction anymore. I like, it's the law of vibration. Everything's vibratory energy. Everything's on, a, is, is vibrating. Nothing's solid, you know? So uh, what I do and what he told me to do, you know, was, you know, write on a card. So I wrote on a card. I am so happy and so grateful to be allowed back in the United States of America again. So that's, you know, auto suggestion. And this was before you were allowed. 
This was, was this before I was live. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so, after the break. so I got the card and there's another gentleman by the name of Earl Nightingale that has the thing. It's called the strangest secret. And he talks about this as well. He goes, don't forget the card, write it down on the card because you become what you think about all day long. You know, as the Buddha said, you know, let's get the old Buddha on the shoulder. Oh, wow. That's cool <laughs> yeah. as hell. Yeah. So I, I wrote down on this little piece of paper. I am so happy and grateful to be allowed back in the United States to see my daughter again. And then on the back, I put world service, love, faith, gratitude for the da da da. And I would literally, I laminated it and I, I carried that card in my pocket for two years and I read it diligently with emotion it's the emotion that you have to put into it the feeling you literally have to feel yourself into having or, or being you know that of what you desire right so I would you know literally I am so happy and I'm so grateful and I would see the flag in the United States of America and nothing really started happening for about four or five months and then all of a sudden like little I started kind of believing that it was going to happen it was like you know the power of belief and it was just all these synchronicities started happening in my life and it was like then I started believing more and more and more and next thing I know I'm in Laos a small little country in Southeast Asia mm -hmm. and you know I don't know if you've ever been to Southeast Asia before, but it's like the land of not smiles. Within, not within the last year and a half or so. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've been over there 34 times. I got uh, some Asian yeah. uh, love and good life on my That's uh, cool. chest, yeah. on my heart. That's um, beautiful. I love it. Thank you. And uh, so what happened was I was skipping rope at like 6 a.m. And uh, I get a phone call from an actress friend, uh, uh, Sorinda Swan, her name is. And she, she calls me from Los Angeles and she goes, I heard you're, you're over in Southeast Asia doing a film on happiness. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, how are you doing? And she's like, well, I'm actually working with this organization to help uh, eradicate human trafficking and child sex slavery over in Cambodia. And you're, you're really, you're in the area. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to be in, I'm like, I'm going to Cambodia in like three weeks. And she's like, well, there's this bike ride that we're, uh, I'm doing with this organization um, for, you know, to help eradicate human trafficking. And they're raising all this money. Uh, the United States government was involved with this organization and whatnot. And I was like, I'm in, I'll do it. And I'm like, I, I knew nothing about that cause at all. Uh, but I'm very, uh, I love kids. You know I about drug kids. trafficking. What the hell are you talking about? I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a big softy inside. I'm a big teddy bear. Believe me. I'm I know. I get tell. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I, I told my cameraman, I said, dude, let's, uh, let's go rock this and do this ride and meet some wonderful people and, uh, you know, capture this on, on, on film. And, um, I got in touch with the organization and the lady who was the head of the organization, um, her name was Somali mom. Uh, she was a CNN hero, uh, one of uh, Time Life's 100 most, uh, most uh, influential people at one, uh, one point. And the people, the media really tried to take her down, unfortunately. Um, she was uh, a, a sex worker herself that was okay. thrown into a brothel, sold into a brothel at a young age. Then she escaped and then, um, you know, with the help of a French aid worker, uh, wrote a book, actually a beautiful book called The Road to Lost Innocence. 
And um, next thing I know, I'm riding my bike across Cambodia with 21 other people who were just amazing. And so I can't take credit for all this. I mean, it was just a teamwork blended in with faith and just the universe. I mean, we saw the country and all these kids went into all these shelters and it was just like so much laughter, so much tears. And uh, we ended up at this one center called the Athesip Center that was uh, donated by Barbara, uh, Barbara Walters and uh, Queen Latifah. And I met Somali there that day and we clicked just like that. We, you know, end up being friends. And um, that was, God, 10 years ago. And the day after the I was ride, very excited about that. Your dog <laughs> sounds very excited. I love dogs. What kind of dog yeah. is that? That is my grouchy, bipolar, just like his mama, Corgi. <laughs> oh, God. This is hilarious. The freaking so, dog is so weird. But anyway, all right. Totally. <laughs> well, dogs always take on the traits of their owners, right? Or vice versa. So. Well, I got this one from my ex-husband, so that actually describes it. <laughs> oh, God. God bless the soul. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> or not. <laughs> so... so the Go next on, yeah. day after the ride, after this beautiful emotional ride and, you know, seeing the country and all its beauty, um, God, I just, I didn't want it to end, but, uh, you know, all, all good things do, <laughs> uh, you know, life is very, you know, the impermanence of life. So that's why, you know, yeah. we, we try to be as present as we can all the time. So we don't miss the good things. Right. And uh, I flew out from CM Reap. I don't know if you ever heard of Angkor Wat Temple before. It's in, mm-hmm. uh, it's where they filmed uh, Tomb Raider or Angelina Jolie, Tomb Raider. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. I'll, I'll send you some pictures after the podcast. I can send you yeah. some links you can share with your guests as well. And um, flew out to uh, Chiang Mai, Thailand the next day. Oh, I hear that's amazing. It was, Thailand. oh, it's beautiful. I lived there for a year. It was just amazing. Um, and I woke up the next day and the, uh, the Department of Homeland Security Heard that uh, one of Canada's biggest international drug smugglers had become a good boy now, and uh, they granted me a, a pardon back down to the United States of America, a humanitarian pardon. So um, I couldn't. So thoughts do become things, and powerful things at that when they're mixed with definiteness of purpose and a burning desire to be, do, or have. So um, yeah, I, just, I followed. Followed the, followed the rules that Bob uh, taught me and uh, read that card diligently, changed my vibration and over a period of time. And now I can do it a lot easier, a lot faster. And, um, you know, it's just- So how many cards? Because there's a million things I want. No, I'm just kidding. But, well, but you know like, what? So That's the thing. Is you have on to one, your... Do I have to wait three years? Really? I don't, I don't want to wait three years. Well, I mean, it's I like Esther it says, you know, we're focusing mechanisms. So whatever you focus on is, you know, whatever, you know, it expands, you know, it's like, so- if we're focusing on something, you know, it's, there is no good or bad. It's only what we label it. So if you're, I mean, what do you truly want? If you tell me what you want, peace. I'll tell you how to get it. Like, what do you want? Love more I than want love? Pe- I want peace. I want peace. I want stability. I want, um, I mean, happiness is so general, but I want health for myself and my family. And Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, I just, I, I want, um, I want happiness. I struggle with severe depression and I want happiness. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know what? Uh, I highly suggest that uh, because I suffer from depression too. And I think everybody does, uh, especially these days, 
you know, um, some, some more so that there's circumstantial depression yeah. and there's chemical depression. I mean, when you're depressed since age five, there, th- that's a chemical thing. Cause you yeah. know what I mean? Like I wasn't I like, molested at five or anything like that. I was just like, I don't fucking like anything. Just uh, down on life. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. get it. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a cancer. I'm a moody depressed guy too, a lot, but but what I, highs and lows, I was diagnosed bipolar in, uh, seven years ago. And I think everybody's a little bit bipolar, but I think some cases are a lot worse than others. I was put on lithium. It didn't work for me. I've been put on every antidepressant in the goddamn world, Paxil, naproxen, I mean, this, that, whatever. And no antidepressant has ever worked for me. And, you know, I, I know uh, I'm there with you. I you want to know that. what works for me is nature. Nature, getting out, the fresh air, being around good, positive, like-minded people. That uh, any negativity that comes into my life, I cut just like that. And you know, I have a very, very small circle, and my circle is, you know, we, it's, it's tight, and I can count on those people. And um, you know, so we're talking about manifestation and whatnot. Um, as far as being happy. Nature. Nature's a big I, one know, for me. I learned yeah. that when I went to Sedona and I climbed my first mountain right after my awesome. relapse. But, but uh, you know, as far as, is you know, being happy is you just have to really decide that is what you want more than anything and write it on. Just, I am so happy. I am so happy. Write it on that card and read that card every day. And it will change your vibration because, you know, obviously we're, even the way we speak with our tones as sound is a vibratory energy that's coming out of our mouth, right? We're yes. streamlining it through our conscious awareness and it's vibrating out of our mouth. So as we vibrate, a frequency is set off into a tone. So it, when you keep on saying, I am so happy, I am so happy, I'm so happy. I am love. I am loved. I desire more love in my life. I desire this. I da, 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 da. And it's repetition, 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 repetition. It's just like practice. Practice makes somewhat perfect. You know, I don't think you can ever get totally perfect, but I don't know. Maybe you can. No, thank you, Ryan. Yeah, you you, and you did. You you just helped me. um, You just really helped me a lot. I'm going to go get um, some some little cards and and write down my shit and uh, just make a decision. Happiness is a decision. And the thing is, with depression, it's so easy, like, um, there's a smashing pumpkin song. It's called zero. And he goes, love I'm in song. love I'm, with my, yeah. my sadness or something like that. Yeah. Emptiness is angerness and angerness is sick like me or something, you know, like fucking that's me, man. You know? So yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, you know, it's, uh, maybe just... don't listen to the song zero by the smashing pumpkins and listen to that annoying song. Happy. How's that? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Whatever makes, whatever music <laughs> makes you happy, listen to it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, you know, and, and it's okay to feel sad. Sometimes it's okay to be down. We're human. And, you know, like, I mean, it's, it's not easy being in these physical bodies, you know, like, mm-hmm. like these, these instruments that we call a human body, they're very, very smart. And they mm-hmm. actually know how to heal. It's on, on their own as well, especially with, you know, intention, you know? And so like when I go to bed at night, I, I always, you know, I literally, I close my eyes and I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on healing my all, you know, regenerating my cells of my being. And it's, there's a process, you know, like, I mean, it's, I, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a total geek. I mean, I may not look like it, but I mean, I mean, I got this book beside me. 
poised for grace. You know, it's all based on the Bhagavad Gita. And, oh, I love you know, the Gita. I mean, that David G got, taught me all about the Gita. I got, what is that know, book? Like, you got to send that to me because the Gita is very. I don't. I can't even say yeah. Bhagavad Gita because I always mispronounce it. So I'm not even going to say it. The Gita. But yeah. <laughs> there, there, there's so many different variations and versions of it, and I need I need the Gita for dummies. Which book is the Gita for dummies? The the Gita for for uh, for dummies. For dummies, yeah. That's going to well, explain I, it like I for dummies. I highly recommend this book. It's called Poise for Grace annotations on the Bhagavad Gita from a tantric view and uh, Douglas Brooks actually uh, wrote this book so here's the book right here I awesome. don't know do you, are, do you YouTube this is this being YouTube yes oh great cool so um, I mean it's uh, right, that's my next read thank you I just finished I'm gonna, go from, I'm gonna go from talk, Dave Grohl's right? autobiography <laughs> that's what I just finished <laughs> <laughs> to studying the Gita. <laughs> there you go. That's so funny. Yeah. So, I mean, the reason why I do this podcast is because I'm so demented and I don't want to pay for therapy. So this is like, for, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, we can use some psychotherapy right now if you want. Calm yeah, your nervous sure. system down to, you know, get yourself, your, uh, yourself self-regulated. All right. Yeah, let's do it. But uh, you know what? The the inner dialogue and the dialogue that we use as well as creating our reality in every moment of time, space, reality. You got to think about that. Like what you just said, I'm depressed. Like what if you didn't say that all the time? If you actually got out of the, you know, being creatures of creatures of habit, you know, saying I suffer from depression. Yeah, you may suffer from depression, but what if you didn't say it all the time? You know, what if you said like, I'm not depressed. Even when you're depressed, being just trick your mind. Because I think Ryan, here's the thing, and this is what's so the fucked chemical up. Chemical imbalance, right? Well, no, I think a part of me almost, and I'm not sure how many. And this is really honest. This is yeah. really honest. A part of me, just like that song, I'm addicted to my sadness. Like it's like so much easier to just say I'm depressed. Fuck it, because it takes work to be happy, and I'm really lazy. So <laughs> it's almost like it's so comfortable just to be sitting in my shit yeah 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 we get addicted to our we actually get addicted to our habitualized to our negative thought patterns you know so every so we we literally we kind of got to tap into the quantum field is what i like to say you know like you got to go up into the higher mind and and start going up into the into the into like you know 5d instead of 3d reality that we live in here you know so if we yeah. can actually like kind of tap in, you know, basically it's just tapping the source. You know, when you're tapping the source, you get those energetic frequencies that start, you know, streamlining into your whole body and you can feel it. You know, when you get those goosebumps on your, on your, on your of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, I love Reiki. I'm actually a Reiki practitioner. I, that helps me. And also yeah. chakra balancing, you know, absolutely. Yeah. And the root chakra is, you know, the most important, obviously, you know, you get that all, you know, tuned up and uh, watch what happens. Your life. It is really because, well, that's our connection to earth. Yeah. That's um, grounding. Yeah. 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 So, you know, you just, you know, everyone has, a, you know, something that works for them. Like, I mean, people think that, uh, you know, when I go out, when I'm, you know, outside, I just, I try to be a, a friendly person and smile as much as I can. But, you know, when I'm on my own, I do, I, I get lonely on, on my own. I do. That's honest, you know, like, but I need that time on my own for self-introspection. 
so it's like you know when i'm on my own and feeling down and depressed and whatnot i have to re- i have to like you know recognize from that higher mind that i got to get out of that habitual that loop because i can go down that rabbit hole real quick i'm human just like anybody yeah. else you know um, do you do you do meetings do you go to meetings i mean i don't care you don't have to say like i, I, mean, I don't lately. care i you know i used to do three meetings a day I've done, you know, God, a million meetings in my life. And these days I find that um, a lot of the, uh, the meetings are just, you know, here, especially in Canada, I don't want to downgrade meetings at all, but I find that a lot of it is very negative. And well, um, they, yeah, when you, so, you, you got it right. And I'm, I, I cannot, like, I really don't want to say anything bad about eggs. It saves lives and it saved my it life does. and it's, it's, it saved it's amazing. It's wonderful. However, yes, there is nothing more annoying than when you walk into an AA meeting and you hear yeah. the, uh, you know, it's like, I'm here for solutions. If I wanted to hear friggin' what, you know, whining and crying about whatever, then I would just stay in my own world. I mean, you know, if, for- if I feel the compulsion to use again, and I feel like those addictive behavioral patterns coming into me, you know, I'll, I'll start going to meetings again if I feel like I have to. But I've been to, you know, like I said, I've been to so many meetings over the years and now, you know, all my friends are sober. I I don't have, I don't hang out with anybody that drinks, like nobody in my circle drinks. So, and, but none of my, so we have like our, basically my circle of influence is that's my meeting. You know, like I get on a phone call with one of my buddies, it's a meeting. It's, you know, none of us drinks. This is a meeting, you know, right here. This is exactly, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, for, for me, it all comes down. I think it all just comes down to gratitude, you know, totally. gratitude, hundred percent. My, yeah, my biggest problem is looking at social media, look at their life or look at this. Or I just had a friend that got married and she married a billionaire and she looks so beautiful and happy and blah, 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 you know, like, and that, you know what though, half this stuff on know. social media is just so surface. It's like, you know, oh, my, my page is a crock of shit. I look friggin' awesome. I look like a rock star on social media. I'm a friggin' miserable, psychotic, crazy woman. No, you're not. You're not. <laughs> I think you're beautiful just the way you are. And you. you know what? All those idiosyncrasies of being uh, psychotic of this and that or whatever, it just makes you you. And it's it beautiful. Does. It's it absolutely does. beautiful. You know, we, we're all, we all have our own unique individuality that we, and we should be able to freely express from that spirit from within. I really truly believe that, you know, with all our flaws and imperfections, it's, you know, like, look, I'm a fuck up. I have done the most (laughs) fucked up shit. I've done so much drugs and shit and, and messed up stuff in my life, you know, in and out of jail and crime and hockey and with whip, sex, drugs, all that shit. And you know what? I could beat myself up over that all day long and keep living in the past. But what's that going to create for my future? I'm creating my future right now as I'm talking to you. If I can like talk to you and give you something and give like, you know, even just one person tune in and be like inspired, then you know what? It's like the law of compensation. What goes around comes around. I don't expect anything in my life. I don't expect it, but I allow it to come in like say abundance how do you look at abundance do you look at abundance as money or do you look at abundance as you know an abundant life as friendships health you know to me number one health health 
roof over our head, good food, good people, good energy and everything. Once you get that bank of, of like positive, you know, like stuff, you know, that, that, you know, that, that we just those, you know, those, those three necessities are key, obviously food, clothing, shelter, we get that going and then everything else, we just start putting it out and being gentle on ourselves is so key. And that's us addicts, alcoholics are We're very like, hard so, on like, ourselves, I'm sensitive. Like I am a sensitive son of a bitch. I am. I mean, I take things the wrong way all the time. And I, I, I have to apologize all the time. Like I literally, I, it's just like, oh, I'm a gong shell. But at so, the same yeah, time, yeah. You know, mine, uh, mine comes out at my manifest. I'm a doormat. I'm the doormat. But that's what makes you a great entertainer. <laughs> Sir, you know? Just roll all over me. Take it all. It's all right. Take just it. take me as I am. Yeah. yeah. Take me as I am. I am who I am, what I am, <laughs> whatever. I'm learning how to say no. And a yeah, lot of guys are very upset about that. A lot of the men are like, no, we don't want that to be her mission in 2022. Cause we like the fact that Jen doesn't know how to say no. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, when we get back to advocacy work, you know, I think, you know, even doing what we're doing right now is advocacy, you know, um, anybody can call themselves an advocate. And I'm a very extreme individual, obviously, as you know, yeah. like, you know, I've ridden across, I mean, I'm not even a cyclist. I don't, I'm, I'm not a cyclist. And so I'm like, okay, well, it started, I was, but I, I realized. Well, you're an athlete, so come on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, athlete. you know, whatever. But I realized how much awareness can come through action. So it's action into awareness. And when I feel stuck, I just, I have to do something of action to get me out of that stuckness, you know, because when I'm stuck, all I'm doing is just like revisiting my, all my traumas are coming up and then all that shit, my mind starts just going into this loop and I feel like shit. I'm like, I suck. I don't belong here. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy, all that. But then what's the opposite of all that? So if I'm feeling like that, I literally, I will like force myself if I'm like laying in bed, stuck in my head, I'll like, I will get up and I'll put down a piece of paper and I'll write down all the negative shit that I just said. And I'll be like, what's the opposite of that? And then I'll go right on the other side of the paper. And the opposite is I'm not stuck. I am love. I am worthy. I am. And I am is a direct connection to God in my, and yeah, I am is a, is, is a very, very, very powerful statement. Yeah. In Sanskrit, it's so hum. Behind it. Like, I am, it's okay to say, I'm awesome. I'm awesome. I'm great. I deserve this. I'm worthy. I am worthy of this. I am worthy of love. I am worthy of abundance. I am worthy of all the money in the world. If you want, that's what you want. You can have that. You can have whatever you want. We are so unlimited. It is incredible. The things that we can do, like, it just baffles me. I mean, Christ. I mean, people thought that, I mean, my mom even told me, she's like, you're, you're nuts. You're out of your mind. You're, you're, you're riding across the second largest landmass in the world on two wheels in two months. I'm like, yeah. And she's like, well, I don't think you should. I don't think you're ready for that. I don't think you should do that. I'm like, well, I'm doing it. And you know, so people thought I couldn't do it. And I was like, it wasn't like, I'm going to show you. I was right. doing it for it the just, people of the world who are suffering in tremendous silence. That's what, who I was doing it for. And I, you know, I, I don't know if you, do you follow uh, Same Here Global? Uh, no. the mental, uh, you should follow them on Instagram. It's a gentleman by the name of Eric uh, Kusin. And uh, he has 
it's a celebrity alliance of people uh, that, that he, you know, he's an amazing guy. Had a great conversation. Send with me the link. Night. Don't forget, because I'll forget. Send me the link. Same here, global. Oh, same here, global. Okay. Yeah. Same here, global. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's uh, he's an amazing guy. We had a great conversation last night on the phone, and uh, you know, it looks like we got some uh, pretty cool things coming down the pipe and some collaboration. Can you talk about that? We're gonna wrap up, but can you talk about what's next for Ryan Phillips? Well, and then give well, your give I your social this, media uh, some plugs. Clothing company that my buddy uh, Brent Silpel, he's an ex Stanley Cup champion, with, uh, played for the Chicago Blackhawks. So we got uh, DSM, which is Divine Source Matter, because we all matter and we all come from the, the divine, and we're all divinely guided. So we have a CBD company as well. It's launching on February first. Um, you know, we got the pain cream, and it's all the highest quality. I was able to keep some of those connections in the in the in the hemp world, <laughs> and uh, but now it's legal, right? So, um, so now the uh, the king of weed is now going to be uh, uh, the 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 king of CBD. Wow, well, you know what? It's it's a product for everybody, and it's it's the highest grade, uh, no THC, and it's amazing for sleep, amazing for pain and whatnot. And then we got the clothing line that's you know goes with it. And, um, you know, we're going to be doing protein powders and just expanding it out, you know, production company, uh, the list goes on. Um, yeah, I I got a book coming down the pipes, more films and, uh, just, you know, just, if I'm not creating, Mm -hmm. I'm not living. So it's basically kind of what's going down. (laughs) Well, you definitely helped my vibe. You helped my, um, I don't know when you guys are listening, but it happens to be Monday, Monday morning, which you helped me start my week off great. I'm going to get awesome. my cards. I'm going to write my intention. I'm going to go meditate. Ryan Phillips on sober exposure. This is just the beginning. I can feel it. It is so- just the beginning. Every day is a new beginning. I'll tell you what, I'll send you some links. If you post this on YouTube, you can actually uh, you know, share the links with, uh, with, with friends in the YouTube community or of course whatever. We will. And I, God bless to all the people of the world and all the people that are suffering from addiction and kudos to everyone out there that's, you know, helping serve others. Cause basically that's what it's all about. You know, giving back, you know, is, is, is you know, it makes, it's just it, paying it forward, you know, like, yeah. look, your survival story, like really you and I are talking together across the ether, which probably should not be alive with what we've done in our lives yeah. with all the toxins we put in our body. And, you know, we've been able to have a wonderful conversation. So like, I don't even consider these even podcasts anymore. This is just like yeah. having a good, it's now we're friends. Now yeah. we're, you know, like I consider Jennifer, my friend for life. Yeah. Like, likewise, me too. Yeah. And you can me reach too. out to me whenever you want. And any of your, uh, your, your fan base, if they ever, uh, you know, yeah. have any questions or need some help. I, I love helping others and uh, I'm pretty. Well, I'm going to be stalking you more about the, uh, the manifestation stuff. Cause I, I do need, I need work on that one. I well, do because it, I do it. And then my brain is like, no, you aren't. No, you can't. No, you won't. Well, you just no, got to no. remember it's that you know, there's an infinite intelligence, right. That converts acorns into oak trees and allows water to flow downhill. Like, you know, gravity, that, that, that. I love that. That's amazing. That's great. Great analogy. Ryan, thank you so much. Sober exposure and uh, have a great week, you guys. Sober exposure. Love you guys. Need more? 
Of course you do. The show's all about needing more. Go to my website at soberexposure.show or get stuck on my Instagram at soberexposure underscore podcast. <laughs>